Amen. It is good singing tonight, and it's a blessing to see you all here. In all honesty, there was a little bit of fear in my mind that uh, it might just be me and Fiavi tonight. So, but with Pastor gone and Super Bowl Sunday and stuff like that, either the, uh, the fear of me turning y'all into pastor, or I don't think it's that. I think we just have a church family that wants to be in church and isn't willing to compromise, and that's a blessing. It's a blessing to see y'all here tonight. Turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. And we're going to do a little bit of reading tonight. Bear with me. My voice is strained, and I'm not sure if this is regular water or what's been leaking from the roof. (laughs) Either way, I'm drinking it. Acts chapter 4 and starting in verse 1. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day. For it was now eventide, howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. And in verse 5, And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and the elders and the scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many were with, uh, were, as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. I want you to skip down to uh, verse number 11. And this stone, which was set at naught of you of the builders, which has become the head of the corner, neither is there salvation in any other. They had just asked uh, Peter, they had just asked him, uh, in what name do you speak of, of this stuff? In what power are you doing this under? And he said, it's of Jesus Christ. And then in verse 12, he says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Amen. In verse 13, when, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And that's the title of the message this morning, Have You Been With Jesus? Let's go ahead and pray before we get started. Lord, once again, come before you. Father, just humbled. God, at the opportunity to preach your word, Father. And I pray that you would be lifted up and glorified, Father, this morning. That you'd get me out of the way, God pray that you put me behind the cross, Father. I pray that you use this time to speak to your people. Father, it's a blessing to be in your house tonight. It's a blessing to be here. It's a blessing to hear the good report of what our pa- the, the, the results, Father, of pastor preaching that marriage conference. And, uh, and this morning, Father, a couple people being saved. And what a blessing that is. And we should never get tired of that, Father. And what a, what a, what a praise that that is, Lord that you're still working, that you're still alive. And this morning, God, as we look at this passage of Scripture, may you speak to us tonight, not this morning. And we sure thank you and praise you, God, for all that you do. And praising in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, my face is a lot redder after Fiavi than before. I'll tell you that much. Fiavi didn't... Uh, so that story was, was not Fiavi just saying, uh, you know, that you guys were having a baby. So we... We had been coming for a little while, and first of all, he said I was, uh, uh, he called, one time he called me to, to uh, pray. I did the offering for like the very first time, 
and VFI asked me to pray, and he called me Brother Adams. And then I'm like, I wasn't sure, because I wasn't sure what the name of the other guy was. And so then pastor's going, it's you, it's you. <laughs> so, oh, okay. And then VFI didn't say congratulations on being pregnant. He said, good job making a baby. So... <laughs> That's why my face is still red. <laughs> and then one time, Brother Max, you were gone, and it was me and Nate and Fievi up here, and someone said it looked like that Neapolitan ice cream <laughs> up here. The title of the message is Dericious Dainties. All right. Um, In Acts chapter 4, just to give you a little bit of a background in Acts chapter 3, because if you look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, and they spake, and as they spake unto the people... They were speaking to them about something. And in Acts chapter 3, you start there and you'll see a lame man that was lame from birth. And every morning he was carried to the temple, uh, which is called beautiful, at the gate of the temple and laid there every day uh, to beg and ask of alms, to ask for money. And that he saw Peter and John coming along and he asked Peter and John and begged for money and asked alms of them. And then Peter told him to look at him, and he looked up expecting to get money from him. But he said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I to thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And that man was healed, and he walked. And if you think about that, he was lame from birth. He'd never walked a day in his life. God didn't just heal him. He gave him the ability to walk. And that's just a picture that Christ doesn't just get, take us from our condition, but he, he leaves us better than when he found us. But the amazing thing is the people saw this miracle that was done in the name of Jesus, and they marveled at it. And then Peter starts to talk to them, rebuke, rebuke them, and preach Christ to them. And he's saying, why marvel at this? This is by Christ, and it's by him alone. If you look in chapter 3, I'm just going to read a couple verses so we get what Peter's talking about. In chapter 3, verse 12, it says, And when Peter saw it, he answered and said unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our power or holiness we made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob The God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life. This isn't a pleasant conversation. And denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life and whom God hath raised from the dead whereof we are witnesses. And his... His name, through faith, in his name hath he made this man strong, whom ye see and ye know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So what he's saying is it's by faith that you see this man 
It's, it's by Jesus Christ that they see this man. Patrick, am I on? Okay. You see this man that they knew. They knew this man. He was laid at the gate. He was there all the time. And they saw this man get up and walk, and they weren't able to understand exactly what was going on. But I want you to turn to chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 1. It says, And they spake unto the people, and as they spake unto the people, they're continuing, Peter's continuing talking to them, uh, just as we had just heard, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. The priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees heard that commotion, and they came out. And I will tell you, when the Lord is working and when the Lord is doing something in your life or when you want to preach the gospel or you want to live for Jesus Christ, you'll be surprised who will come out of the woodworks. And we expect, we expect the world not to like it, or at least we should. We should expect nothing more than that. They didn't like our Savior. They crucified our Savior. And we should expect the same. The world hates it when we try to live for Jesus Christ, when we preach Jesus Christ. And you can see it. You can go to any college campus that you want to, and there is gay rights activists. There are transgender rights activists. There are activists for mutilating children. There are activists for murdering children. And all that's just fine and dandy. But if you want to tell people about Jesus Christ, you're the unwelcome one. But if you want to do something for Jesus Christ in your life, it can be other Christians who want to throw water on your fire too. Because the brighter that Christ burns in your heart, the more light it shines on others' lack of zeal and effort. It can make them feel guilty and shame. So you have to understand that it may not always be the world that's coming at you. Now the Pharisees... Excuse me, the Sadducees are one group of people in the Bible where there's no real indication that a Sadducee ever got saved. And that's why they're sad, you see. (laughs) But in verse 2, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. The Sadducees, one of the things that sets them apart is they did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. And it, it grieved them because it went against what they believed. And they saw what grieved them is they saw the proof. That's what grieved them. It went against what they believed, but they saw the proof. They knew this man. This was a man that they had seen when you enter into the temple. He was laid at that gate every single day in that same condition. But when that man came in contact with Jesus, it changed everything, and they couldn't deny it. And it grieved them. Now, preaching Christ will always be met with some opposition. And even though that there's proof... It doesn't always mean acceptance. Because it's against what the world stands for. Now they saw the proof, but they weren't willing to go against what they stood for. Now they can, the world should, can and should see the proof of the change that's in our lives. They should see Jesus in our lives. They should see evidence that we've been with Jesus. Now, they will accuse you. 
Look at verse 3. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day. For it was now eventide. They will accuse you. This world will accuse us Christians of not showing love. They will accuse us of not showing love even though we're telling them about the greatest love that there's ever been. Of what love actually is. They will accuse us of being intolerant. Even though God doesn't tolerate sin. They'll accuse us of preaching hate. In the world's view, nothing is wrong except you because you're living proof. You're living proof that God still lives and works in the lives of his people. Now in this passage, these are those that crucified our Savior and chose a murderer over him. And like I said before, we shouldn't be surprised to be treated as our Savior was. You shouldn't be surprised to have the world hate you because living your life in such a way where they can see that you have been with Jesus will not always be welcomed. It's convicting. And in verse 4, man, it's a good thing to hear that a couple people were saved where Pastor was. Now that's something we should never get tired of hearing. What a blessing that is. So glad that God uses our pastor in that way, and, and I'm so glad that we have a church that's willing to let our pastor go, and I know he's careful about that, but it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing, it's a blessing to let our pastor go and be a blessing in other places. Like he said, we've had so many people come here and be blessings here, and so it, it, it's a blessing to have him go other places and have people enjoy our pastor. It, it, the uh, men's retreat, yeah. we had people coming up to us nonstop there. You get to listen to this every week. If you're ever sick of him, you could send him our way. Andrew Patton said, that's fighting words. And then the guy backed off. 5,000 believed in verse 5, verse 4, sorry. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. They saw the evidence of healing and the evidence of Christ working. Our most powerful witnessing tool is for others to see the evidence of Christ in our life. It's for others to see how you were healed and others to hear your testimony and what Jesus Christ did for you. It will grieve some, but they can't deny the results that are in front of them. They should see what Christ has done for us. We should live in such a way where other people can see that we've been in contact with Jesus Christ. Now, verses 5 through 11, I'm just going to go through these quickly, but Annas the high priest gathered all the rulers together to try them, and he asks them, by what name and what power do you say these things? And Peter says, it's in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, because it's him that deserves the glory And it's him that changes us. And in verse 12, he says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The power is through Jesus Christ. Salvation is through his name and his name alone. You know, believing in God is not enough. The devils believe and tremble. They know who he is. That's not enough. It's through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone that we have salvation. And I only have one thought for us tonight. 
I wanted to keep it on the lighter side. But I want you to look at verse 13. And that's where we're going to focus. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. Boldness is exceeding ordinary rules of scrupulous nicety and caution and being bold. It's, ex- it's exceeding the ordinary rules of being nice and being cautious to confront something that needs to be confronted. What they were saying here and what Peter was saying to the people and then to the high priest and saying to the, all the, the Sadducees that were there, what he was saying to them wasn't nice. But it was the truth. But they didn't like being confronted. They didn't like the truth that they heard. Now understand something. Boldness. They saw the boldness of Peter and John. Boldness is not screaming in anger. That's an important distinction. And that's something we as Christians need to know. It's not screaming in anger. It's confronting with truth even when it's not popular. I've heard Christians say, nice is not a fruit of the Spirit. And nice isn't a fruit of the Spirit. But love is. And joy is. Peace. Long-suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith. Meekness. Temperance. Boldness for Christ is not license for being a jerk. Be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Because let me tell you something look in verse 13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. We need to be bold in confronting truth with people, but people need to see in the end of that verse that we've been with Jesus. Our boldness and our confronting people with the truth needs to be complemented by the fact that we've been with Jesus. And they need to see that in our lives, that we've been with Jesus. If all they see is boldness without love, they'll come to the same conclusion. They're just unlearned, ignorant They're going to come to the same conclusion that I don't want what they have. You see, what made a difference, look at verse 13 towards the end. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They marveled at the boldness, but they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Not everyone you witness to is going to get saved. And these men, these Sadducees that, that heard this, now there was a lot of people in this, in this passage of Scripture that did believe. There was 5,000 that did believe. And Christian, God's still working. He's still alive. He's still doing things. I was told this to the Sunday school class last week. I ran into a couple of older folks and was at their house talking to them about a new furnace. And those folks, I saw some Scripture on their, their table and just started talking to them. And they're saved 
They're, they're living for the Lord. They don't go to this church, but God is still working. There are churches all over this country that are preaching and teaching Jesus Christ. People are still getting saved. Lives are still being changed. I wish on the news we could turn on and just see, hey, 3,000 saved today. But it's never going to work like that. But it's still happening. He still saves. It's still amazing. His mercy is still amazing. But they marveled at the boldness. But they came to that conclusion that they were unlearned and ignorant men. But they will take knowledge of you. It's okay to confront people, but they need to see that you've been with Jesus. We need to confront people with the truth. It's not comfortable at times to tell people about Jesus Christ. It's, it's not comfortable at all to tell somebody that they're a sinner. And it's not comfortable to tell people that if you die in your sin, there's a hell that's waiting for you. But it's amazing to be able to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ, where he died on the cross for you, for them, so they don't have to spend an eternity in hell. And honestly, I, I had a conversation with some guys at work, and he, it, the conversation turned to things spiritual and the first thing out of his mouth is you're not part of that born again crowd are you I am born again but he had a bad experience with the church one time and is using that now to stay in the trees like this morning but that conversation with him Yep, I lost where I was going with that. I'm just going to keep on moving. But they take knowledge of you if you've been with Jesus. And they're going to see something different about you. And they need to see something different about you. They need to see that you don't talk like them. They don't see, they're going to see that you dress a little different. They're going to see that you act a little different. They're going to see that you participate in different things. When Christ comes into our lives, when we've spent time with Jesus, just like that lame man, he didn't just leave him in that condition. He left him in a better condition. And God's going to, Christ will, will do better things in our lives and not leave us in the same condition that we were. There's a song that I used to listen to back when now we got everything on our phones, but it used to be on this little thing about that big and you could bit about 100 songs on there, and that was big time. So I still remember trying to go on a run with a CD player, and, and, and you'd be running, and it would skip. It was great. You had to make really big lunges so you could listen to the song a little bit faster. But I used to listen to that thing, and there was a missionary, and his, his name last name was Abdulatif, and he was to India, and he sang a song one time. It was, just, it was actually just him preaching on that tape. But uh, he sang a song during the message. And he talked about when Jesus enters your life, he doesn't leave you the same way. And you're changed. You're not the same person. You're a new creature in Christ. And he sang that song. Things I used to do, I do them no more. Things I used to do, I do them no more. Things I used to do, I do them no more. There's a great change since I was born. The places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. The things I used to say, I don't say that stuff anymore. Jesus Christ changes things. Because when we've spent time with him, when we've been with him, it changes us. They should see Christ living in us. They should see that we've been with Jesus. They should see 
a striking likeness to Jesus Christ. You think about in kids' books, like coloring books and activity books, there's always those pictures. Find the difference. Find the differences. I'm really good at those. Ages three and up. (laughs) But when they look at those, they shouldn't see much of a difference between us and our Savior. Recently, we ran into a guy that looks exactly like Robbie. It was amazing. Except he was about three feet taller, it felt like. Made Robbie look tiny. Red-headed, with a beard, wearing a blue suit like Robbie was, looked exactly like him. Not only that, he was also the youth leader. It was amazing. Looked just like him. But when people look at us and when they see us, our greatest witnessing tool is our testimony of being like Jesus Christ. And we should strive to be like Jesus Christ. Our boldness, our boldness should be like his boldness. Not blushing, no shame, not looking down while living for our Savior. We talked about that this morning. We should imitate him in our loving spirit. We can be bold while still loving people. We need to think kindly, speak kindly, do kindly, that men may say of us, that they would say of us, he's been with Jesus. We should imitate Jesus in his holiness. We said this morning, we're not holy by being at church today, but by being close to the Holy One. Was Jesus zealous? So should we be. We should go and do good, not wasting time because it's too precious. Jesus was self-denying, never looking to his own interest, and we should be the exact same. We should see this when we look at ourselves in the mirror. We want other people to see these traits in us because it's a picture of what Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us. Was he devout? He was fervent in his prayers, and so should we be. Did he obey his Father's will? We should submit to the Lord as well. Was he patient? We need to learn to endure. Did he forgive? Did he forgive? Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven us. Give good for evil. Forgive as you have been forgiven. It's godlike. Be godlike. So in all ways and by all means, our family, our church family, our friends, the folks at work, and even our enemies can say, he's been with Jesus. So this morning, that's the question. Have you been with him? Can people see that you've been with him? They need to see it. That is our greatest witnessing tool, is to show other people exactly what Christ has done for us, the change that he's made in our lives. The fact that he found us just like that man laying at that gate. He found us that way, but he didn't leave us that way. And that he can forgive them 
like he forgave us. They should see a difference in us. It's not just our boldness. They need to be able to look at us and take knowledge of us. Because like I said, people don't always get saved the first time that you witness to them. These Sadducees, it, it says they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. They just realized there's something different about them. And they may not get saved the first time that you witness to them, but a seed is sown when they can see a difference in us. So tonight, have you been with Jesus? Can others see that you've been with Jesus? Let's go ahead and bow. Be in an attitude and spirit of prayer. I realize with a message like this, it's just a thought. And the thought is this. I want people, when they look at my life, I want my family and my kids and the folks at work, and I want my church family to see that I've been with Jesus. I want them to see the change that's in my life. And I want my lost family to see the change that's in my life. The Bible says they took knowledge of them because they'd been with Jesus. I want them to see a difference in me that it may point them to the one who's done all of this for me. That they can say there's something different in him. There's something I need. There's something I'm missing. So tonight, Have you been with Jesus? We can spend some time in prayer while Brother Nate sings.